Also, just to point out that the church meeting and AGM is this Wednesday. It is in your bulletin, but it, it hasn't appeared uh, on, on the line uh, calendar. So just making it clear, it is on this Wednesday, 22nd of February, starting at 7.45 for all those who are church members. We do need at least 50 members at that uh, meeting to be corrupt. So please make every effort to either be physically here in the building, or if you're unable to be physically here, then uh, you can join via Zoom. Um, I, uh, and, and you'll have to kind of look at the website to work out the details of that. We're thinking today about how we worship our living God. And this living God, by his spirit, works deep within people's hearts to transform them and to reflect Christ Jesus to a needy world. Uh, to be known and read, as it were, as like a letter from Jesus uh, to everyone. And so we'll be looking at what the Apostle Paul says uh, later on in, in 2 Corinthians about being that living love letter. As we are called to worship, we're going to see some words on the screen. Um, and uh, I'd like us to read the words together in yellow, in bold. And I'll read the words in white. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. May our hearts ever sing your praises, Lord, and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart, that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths from the realm of the dead. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him all you. Praise him all his heavenly hosts. Praise him sun and moon. Praise him all you shining stars. Praise him you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendour is above the earth and the heavens. And he has raised up, uh, and he has raised up for his people a horn, that means a a person of strength, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we continue to praise him in song. Uh, one of the things that we do as church, we not only, as we sing, sing to God, we sing our praises, we sing our worship, we offer it up to God, but actually we're also singing to one another. This is what the church has done for a couple of thousand years. We sing to one another to remind ourselves of God, of what God is like, of who we are as a people of God. And so as we join together and sing together, we do so to God and to one another to draw close to him. So we're going to sing a couple of songs together. Please feel free uh, either to, to stand, to remain seated, uh, however you feel uh, comfortable uh, to worship the Lord.
living God, we want to praise and worship you, to declare your goodness and your greatness. And as we gather here in this place, we ask that you may move among us by the presence and power, transforming power of your Holy Spirit acting upon our lives, upon our hearts. We give ourselves afresh to you. We turn over our lives to you today and ask that you would have your way among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats. A few years ago, um, I, Sandra, uh, we as a family, went to a wedding. Um, well, I was conducting the wedding, but we went to the reception and so on. And at the reception, uh, we were given a gift. It was a lovely bowl that the, uh, the groom uh, that the husband had, had made and gave it as a gift to us as a Hogg family. But also on our table, as our like table placement where you, you're told where to sit, uh, we each had a heart with our names on. Michael, Nathaniel, Daniela, Anaya, my wife Sandra. And so we knew exactly where to go. These hearts had our names written on them. I've got a heart here uh, for you. There's a few of them over there on the table uh, with some pens as well. I haven't put too many out because I know not everyone likes to kind of be moving around. Uh, But these are hearts where you can write your name And imagine it is a brief letter from Jesus. So it actually says on the heart, Dear, space for name, love from Jesus. And it may be uh, that you want to quietly think about this, or it may be if you're a child or a young person, or even an older person, and there's enough left, um, then to have a piece of paper, grab a piece of paper, and either draw a picture in the middle, or write a sentence, write something that you know about God, you know about Jesus, you know about the Holy Spirit. And it may be that you know this because it's in the Bible, or that God has shared that with you personally. And to imagine that that is something that God is communicating with you right now, it may be even now, you are thinking of what you know to be true about God. So I'm going to ask you to to come up in the the next couple of songs. We're going to sing these songs. And if there are any that are completed, uh, then to show us at the end of those those songs. And we can thank God for them. As I say, they're over there. So if if you'd like to go and get one, please do. During the singing of these next couple of songs, grab a pen and either write a couple of words or a sentence or draw a quick picture. And just to remember that God speaks today to us, into our hearts. I'm not going to ask you uh, to come up the front uh, with your pieces of paper because we don't want to catch you if you're uh, not supposed to be on the, the, the online, but I'll, I'll grab the piece of paper from you if, uh, if you've got one ready. Okay, thank you. So come up if you'd like to.
the seats. Have we got any of those that are ready at all? I'll come over to you and I'll, um, I'll take them over to the microphone. If you've got one ready, then I'll take it over. That's fine. The, the, the beauty of this is that if you haven't finished or you're not sure what to write, you can take these away with you and have a bit more thinking time. Sometimes, sometimes I need lots of thinking time, especially if it's sprung on me at the last minute. Are there any things that you'd like to share? No, maybe? No, not yet. Okay. Well, we're going to sing our next song. And, and during that song, uh, the children are going to go from us into BRBK um, or into a crash uh, or wherever you're going today. Um, so you can take those with you uh, if you wish. Uh, but we, we'll, uh, we're, we're going to pray for you now. So God, we want to thank you for children. Thank you for the young people among us. We bless you for them. We bless them. We bless you for their families. We bless their families. We thank you that that you are good to us. And we pray that you would continue your work in young hearts and lives, sharing your great love for each of them. And Lord, as they go from us, now into their own time together, we pray that you may move among us, uh, move among them, and that you would be bringing about your wonderful purposes in their lives. We thank you, Lord, that uh, that you minister to each of us wherever we are, here in this space online, ministering to our hearts, sharing with us your good word. And so we bless you and thank you, Lord. Amen. So, as we sing our next song, Oh, for a heart to serve my God, um, you're going to go from us into uh, BRBK, and um, maybe later on you can show me some of the hearts that you've done uh, at the, uh, when you finish and when we finish. Bless you. Thank you.
please take your seats. And Terry's going to lead us in our prayers. Hello, people. It will soon be Lent, a time when many of us find it helpful to reflect upon our discipleship, a time to consider our calling, a time to examine ourselves and to assess the health of our faith and to renew our walk with God. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, you dwell in an unapproachable light. Help us, Lord, to be honest as we think things through, to see ourselves as we really are, with all our weaknesses, shortcomings and sinfulness. Help us to face the things we usually prefer to push aside, the unpleasant truths we sweep under the carpet, pretending they are not there. Father God, it can be easy to go to church, but hard to reach out to the world. It may be easy to offer our money, but hard to give our lives. It is easy to sing your praises, but hard to give your glory. Forgive us for so often taking the easy way, the way of outward show, rather than of inner faith. Help us to come to you now, acknowledging our faults, recognising our weaknesses, and receiving your love and your forgiveness, your Holy Spirit and your grace, which alone can make us whole. Thank you, Father, for demonstrating your everlasting love to us in the gift of Christ Jesus, our Saviour and Lord. Holy Spirit, live and move within us, so that the thoughts of our hearts may show themselves in the words of our lips, and the claims of our faith may be shown in our lives in faithful and loving service. We ask this through the grace of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We shall now turn our thoughts to those in the world suffering from natural and man-made disasters especially in the Ukraine, in the Yemen, in Syria and in Turkey, where the scale of suffering is overwhelming. The earthquake in Turkey and Syria has left millions of people at the mercy of a freezing winter and more than 45,000 people have lost their lives. In Aleppo, many hospitals and medical centres had already been destroyed during the conflict of war and people were already vulnerable. Now they are desperate indeed. Our loving and almighty Heavenly Father, we bring the needs of these people to you. We pray first for the emergency response, for the first responders. Please give them energy and strength as they work around the clock to save lives. We pray for clear roads and bridges so that the emergency services and supplies can quickly reach those in need. We pray that those who are still missing will be found safe. We pray for good weather, so the rains and snow do not slow down the response. Hospitals in the areas affected are overflowing. We pray for the resilience for health workers as they respond especially in Syria, where hospitals have not be re rebuilt. Pray for capacity to treat people who are injured and for resources, medicine, equipment and hospital beds to be ready, available. We pray for the people affected by the earthquake. We pray for the comfort for those who have lost their loved ones and healing for people who are injured. Heavenly Father, please draw near to them in this time of grief and uncertainty. We pray for provision of safe shelter, food, clean water and warmth for people who have lost their belongings, homes and livelihoods. We ask you to give them courage and strength to face these new challenges. We pray for the vulnerable, that no one will have to suffer alone 
that they will have freedom from anxiety and fear. We pray for the church, for wisdom and resources as it responds to people's needs. The church has provided three shelters in Aleppo where people may receive hot meals and water. We pray that these will be places of safety and comfort where people will feel loved and encouraged. We pray that God's power will be revealed through the church in this situation, bringing a message of love and hope in the midst of, of tragedy. And God, we pray for peace and recovery in Syria, in the Lebanon and in Iraq and in the Ukraine. <clears throat> we pray that people will not lose hope. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. We now pray for our own church family and our community. Heavenly Father, we pray especially for the family of Marjorie Beacon as the time approaches for her funeral. And we remember also those known to us or unknown who are bereaved or, or who are sick, those who are undergoing medical treatment, those who are lonely or anxious, those who are in pain or facing death. Let us pray for them now in the silence. Finally, as the church meeting approaches this week, let us remember all those who have responsibility for the life and service and well-being of the church and of running the various organisations Brighton Road supports. Grant to each person your wisdom and love. May our church be a place where you are honoured, where your love is shown, where your kingdom reigns and your will is done. Psalm 136 says, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. All these things we ask in the name of your loving Son, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord said, These people come near to me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people and wonder upon wonder, with wonder on wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish, the intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think, who sees, who will know. Therefore, say, this is what the Lord, Sovereign Lord says. I will gather you from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you back the land of Israel again. They will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts are devoted to their vile images and detestable idols, I will bring down on their heads what they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, 
but on tablets of human hearts. So we're continuing our series through 2 Corinthians and we come to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 in the first three verses. And the Apostle Paul here presents us with a very interesting image. As he writes his letter to them, in it he describes them as a letter. What does Paul mean? Well, let's remind ourselves of the context here. Paul's authenticity as an apostle was being challenged in the Corinthian church. Some people, uh, perhaps newcomers to the church at Corinth, had come along with letters of recommendation that were undermining Paul's work and reputation. They asserted that Paul was not really an authentic apostle and were demanding that he show his credentials. They had letters of commendation. Where were his? Paul's response is that he has no need of letters of commendation written with ink, for he has letters written by the Spirit of God and sent by Jesus himself. And he's talking about the people of the Corinthian church. Their changed lives were his credentials. They were his letter of commendation. For they were evidence of God's work through Paul in Corinthian hearts. He didn't need any other letters of commendation because the whole congregation was made up of living letters written by Christ himself. Changed hearts, transformed lives. Now as we consider this image, what can we learn about ourselves as a church? Well, Paul here says several things about this living letter. Let us consider it in the context of being Brighton Road Baptist Church or whichever church you're a part of. If we are a living letter, what does Paul say about us? I want to share five things. We learn firstly that we are a letter that belongs. Paul writes in verse 2, You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts. We as church do not exist in splendid isolation. We are written in relationship with others. We belong to others and they belong to us. Now, technically, though we as a Baptist church are independent in much of our governance, we recognise our interdependence, our living in dependence upon and in relationship with others. In other words, what we do and how we act affects others, good and bad. We, as church, the, the Bible pictures the church as a beautiful bride of Christ, we belong to Christ. Jesus said in John 3, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The first disciples were known as those who, in Acts chapter 9, belonged to the way. Jesus spoke of himself as the way to God. In other words, the only way to God. Not a way, not one of many ways, but the way. And this sense of belonging to God and belonging to one another continues in the early church. With Luke writing about Herod's arrest in uh, chapter 12, Herod's arrest of those of, uh, arrest of some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. And the Apostle Paul elsewhere, in Acts chapter 27, speaks about the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. And actually writes several times about the belonging 
of the church that I don't have time to speak about this morning. James also writes about belonging to God and John writes that we can know that we belong to the truth. Jesus made the clear the distinction between belonging to God and not belonging to God. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God, he says. Jesus also says that if we do not belong to God, then we belong to another. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires, Jesus says to some in John chapter 8. And in John chapter 15, if you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Paul also reminds the Colossians that those who belong to Christ no longer belong to the world. And their behaviour should reflect this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belonged to the world, do you submit to its rules? And Paul reminds Christians uh, in Thessalonica that they are children of the light and children of the day. They belong to the day, he writes. They do not belong to the night or to the darkness. And the writer to the Hebrews says that believers do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So we are a letter that belongs to God and we belong to one another. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, In Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And in and to Galatians he writes, So as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So we belong. Secondly, we are a letter written on the heart. The imagery here is rooted in the Old Testament. Uh, he speaks about tablets of stone, speaking, alluding to the, the law of Moses, the old covenant, which Jesus perfectly fulfilled in himself in a way that no other human had done, has ever done or could ever do. And now Jesus has written a new and better and lasting covenant on tablets of human hearts. His is a work of God in our hearts. His word inscribed by his love and faithfulness. God commanded in the Old Testament through the proverb, Proverb 3 verse, uh, proverb three, verse 3, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Yet through Isaiah, God laments. In Isaiah chapter 29, These people come near to me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they've been taught. And through Jeremiah, God continues to lament. In Jeremiah 17, Judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool, inscribed with a flint point on the tablets of their hearts. But God, through Ezekiel, makes a promise. In Ezekiel chapter 11, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. But the promise comes with a warning. But as for those whose hearts are devoted to their vile images and detestable idols, 
I will bring down on their own heads what they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. So the Lord is writing on our hearts. We are to be those who give our hearts to him, who turn them over to him. Thirdly, we are a letter known and read by everyone. Paul's letter to the Corinthians was for reading. The living letter of the church is for reading. The church is not a letter assigned for the archives. It's not to be hidden away where it will gather dust. You and I are for public reading. We are letters that will transform their readers. We who believe are letters from Christ that are signed, sealed and delivered with love. If you're a believer here today, how you live your life will be read by others. But what will they read? One poet puts it this way. You are writing a gospel, a chapter, each day. By deeds that you do, by words that you say. Men read what you write, whether faithless or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? Fourthly, we are a letter written with the spirit of the living God. See, as our hearts are open and receptive to the Holy Spirit, he is the ink that writes God's story. When history is told, may you and I be letters of his story to those around us. Know that if you are born again, you have the spirit of the living God residing within you. God continues to write his story through you. How exciting. But what a responsibility. For some people around and about you, you are the only gospel that they are reading. So what does your gospel say about forgiveness, freedom, love, sin, hope, perseverance, money, your language, and so on and so on? How are you living your life for those around you to read? Are they getting a true picture of Christ Jesus continuing his work here on earth through his body. If you are part of his body, are you faithfully responding to Christ, who is the head of the body? Or are you busy doing your own thing in your own way? Recently, I've had a bit of a, a twitch. I don't know where it stopped now. Um, for a number of weeks in this finger. It twitches away just every so often. I've asked the doctor about it. They don't seem to know. But a part of my body is just doing something that I'm not telling it to do. We have Christ as the head of the church. So the parts of the body are to do what he says, not go about their own thing doing it their own way. You know, up to 2021, the most frequently chosen song at the funeral service was Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way. It's recently been toppled off of first place by You'll Never Walk Alone. At the end of your short stint here on earth, a life that you have been graciously given do you want it to be said that you did it your way? 
I did it my way. Or that I did it God's way. We did it God's way. Let us also not seek to walk alone through life, but be a living love letter in relationship and partnership with God and with one another. I briefly suggest that we would do well to live our lives by these two commandments, or just to have them as reminders in Scripture. Number one, listen to him, to to Jesus. Number two, do whatever he tells you. Simple. Matthew, Mark and Luke all record God the Father speaking to three of Jesus' disciples directly from a cloud as they stood on a mountain, speaking to them about Jesus. And this is what the Father said, This is my Son, whom I love, whom I have chosen. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And as we have the words of the Father, so secondly, we have words from a mother, the mother of Jesus. In John chapter 2, we read how as they'd run out of wine at a wedding, Jesus' mother says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Listen to him. Do whatever he tells you. You see, you're not the one who changes the water into wine. But you may be the one who is the obedient servant who listens to Jesus and gets the water. When you and I are obedient, that's when miracles and transformations happen. Let's do it his way. And fifthly and lastly, we are a letter sent from Christ. Paul writes that Christ himself is the sender of this living letter of the church to the people around and about us. The Spirit and Jesus working together in creating this letter that is you and me. We are the written upon ones. We are the sent ones. And as we read the scriptures, we see that Jesus time and time again is described as sending his disciples for this and for that and to here and there. Right at the outset of calling his disciples, as he calls them to him, he does so in order to send them out by him and from him. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. We read in Mark, he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. In Matthew we read, these twelve Jesus sent out with instructions. And calling the twelve to him, Mark says, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority. And in Luke we read how the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And Luke again says, He sent, that's Jesus, sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. Jesus sends his disciples out on ahead by appointment, with purpose, with instructions, with authority. And he's not far behind. Jesus encouraged his disciples The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And he said, I have sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. Well, this all sounds great. The tricky thing is, that Jesus warns his disciples of the danger of being sent by him. He told several parables which include the sending out of workers and servants into vineyards 
into the harvest field to collect the fruit of the harvest. But these people, these servants and workers, are treated badly, shamefully, they're beaten, wounded, thrown out, sent away empty-handed, or even killed. And Jesus told the ruling authorities listening to him about his, about his church. I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Uh, Luke adds in there apostles. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will persecute. You will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And Jesus said very clearly to his disciples, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. That's what Matthew records Jesus saying. Luke records something a bit more kind of tough to, to make it worse, it seems. Jesus also said, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. And actually Jesus, when he prayed about his disciples in John chapter 17, he prayed, as you, Father, sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And what happened to Jesus? And again Jesus says, as he gathers with his disciples after his resurrection, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I I'm sending you. Believers in Christ belong to Christ and belong to one another. We are a living letter written by the Spirit on transformed human hearts. And we are sent by Jesus into the world to be known and read by everyone we come in contact with. So what story are you telling? What good news are you bringing? Listen to him and do whatever he tells you. Amen. Before our closing song, let's, let's pray. Now, God, we want to thank you that you work in partnership with us. That there is no plan B, there is only plan A, and that is through the church. And so, Lord, we submit ourselves afresh to you. We want to be those who listen and are attentive to you, to, to awaken, to be alert hear your voice and to do whatever you tell us to. Grant us faith and strength and help in our time of need. We believe that whatever you call us to do, you will equip us to do and you will accompany us in doing it. And so we give you thanks. that You don't leave us alone as orphans. You are with us. You are present with us, Father. And we pray for one another in all the troubles and difficulties that those around us may be experiencing and we may be experiencing, we thank you for your love for us and that you know us and that you are writing on our hearts, even today, your love letter to us. We bless you and thank you. Amen. So let's sing our closing song, King of the Ages.
yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. May God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you his peace and share with you his plans this day and in the days to come and forevermore. Amen.